an Irish girl and an English girl walk into a bar. Nothing unusual. Well, except the bar is on a tiny volcanic island, 1,200 miles off the coast of South America, 1,800 miles off the coast of Africa. Nothing in between but ocean. A place where the Union Jack hangs outside, but it's 30 degrees on Christmas Day. A bar where everybody knows your name and the bartender knows your order. This is a podcast of two girls blathering about their favourite things, birds, books, life affairs, trips away and slips, trips and falls in the most remote place in the world. So it's good afternoon here from St. Helena and it's me, Nicole Shamir, and you? Anya Hurley. And we're back today after what has been a few weeks since we've done our last podcast. Many people have expressed concern and have asked me to reassure them that the podcast will continue, which is very gratifying. It's okay, we don't have the coronavirus. We are alive. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's touch and go there with Nicole's travel, but we are both okay. So I've just been to um, Cape Town for two weeks, which was just a really, really marvellous experience. But no one likes listening to everyone's good news stories from their holidays. No, so I, I do. Tell me about it. I like it. I enjoy hearing about it. I suppose um, being through Cape Town a couple of times, I haven't really had time to really enjoy it. Mm. But this time was kind of different. So... Um, staying in Long Street where the bars were, being by the V&A where the shopping is and being Sorry by... Nicole, there's, I just have to get rid of that minor bird. Get out! Oh. Sorry! <laughs> Sorry for the listeners! So just, to give... <laughs> so just to give you an explanation obviously, well I've said before in this attic flat and these windows are open and these crazy minor birds are coming in You have to take a firm tone with them <laughs> Oh my gosh, I would hate to see you in court. I'd be so scared of you. <laughs> I've never shouted. Okay. <laughs> so yeah, I was totally chilled out from my holiday until that moment, Anya. Crazy. How was your week? Well, I'm still trying to make asthma sexy, not really succeeding. Um, Due to the humidity and the high pollen levels, I've been struggling again with hay fever and asthma. Not as bad as at Christmas, and that this time it hasn't actually triggered a deep depression. (laughs) But it has been difficult. And what else? Well, I think the... Maybe I can reveal to the listeners the theme of today's podcast, Mm -hmm. which is our favourite embarrassing moments. Yes. And in keepingly and embarrassingly, I still have my Christmas decorations up. So, well, you literally did until yeah. about you know a couple of hours ago when I walked in and just ripped them off the tree. To be fair, though, the minor bird did perch on a Christmas floral arrangement, and I do still have Santa hats and a Merry Christmas banner on my television. <laughs> okay, so for, <laughs> for the listeners' reference, depending on when you're listening to this, um, it is actually the eighth of February. So <laughs> But this shows me how busy you've been at work the last couple of weeks. I mean, you could blame that as an excuse, or you could blame my actual laziness. Um, I oh, do. Oh uh, no, I do live. You know, I do have quite a, arguably quite a lot of leisure time in compared to a lot of people. So, I think even though busy, it's more that everything always seems more interesting than taking down Christmas decorations. Yeah, that's true. But I, I think you, you do. Um, 
you do you are quite harsh on yourself because you do work some really long hours and I think that that was quite funny uh, for me to uh, see you last night as like a shadow of yourself <laughs> on a Friday night I'm tired yeah. but then, I'm glad you're much better today to be All honest it is, is nice it is flowing. the hay fever and the asthma though as well because I've had a very even I've had a very um, bad quality sleep due to that so no matter how you know so I look very tired from basically lack of sleep because even though I do go yeah. to bed at a reasonable hour because the quality this is so boring for the listeners but I because know, the quality of my on. sleep is poor it, I do look we and should. feel bad and yeah. you are in basically the hottest flat in town true <laughs> I'm actually like sweating here it's just that's the thing Cape Town was a couple of degrees um less or uh like cooler than um St. Lena so I've kind of been struggling since I've been back I just feel like I'm just this dirty sweaty sweaty mess and for all of those people listening in the northern hemisphere where it's winter right now it's probably like oh oh you know oh you complain about being a sweaty mess and actually I prefer much prefer it than being to really be cold. fair they yeah. are right <laughs> I wouldn't want to be there in the cold <laughs> It's way too cool. So there's like, I think there's storms in the UK right now. I, I don't know what. <laughs> Picking up your... the coast. <laughs> um, there's storms in the UK at the moment, so it's completely hor- horrendous there. Whereas here, it's actually very pleasant. So anyway, we digress. Um, the other digression I would say uh, just before we start is that um, if I sound a bit weird, it's because I've had one of my wisdom teeth out um, like two days ago. So, um, my. Could you won't have any wisdom now? Like, you never I had know. much. But... <laughs> Thanks. How are we friends? <laughs> um, my cheek just looks like a chipmunk. Or maybe I'm just. No, like, it doesn't. Oh. No, sure just to reassure I... people, Nicole is still aesthetically pleasing, just in case anyone was worried. But like... And I'm not Lucist, by the way. I'd still yeah. be friends with her even if she wasn't. Well, would, well, you? would I? <laughs> <laughs> So we won't be doing a picture for this week's podcast. No, no. Also, I haven't had time to straighten my hair, so we won't. Wavy hair. I really Thanks. like it. Nicole. Anyway. I don't. <laughs> okay, so we're talking about um, the most kind of embarrassing mm. moments. Um, and we talked... So before we did this podcast, we had a little bit of a discussion about kind of what themes, mm. you know, because we've all been there, haven't we? We've well, my life has just been one embarrassing incident, really, yeah. I would say, yeah. Well, I, I actually, before I came to St. Helena, I used to have this thing on Facebook where it was called Stupid Stuff Nicole Says and Does. Did you start that yourself? Yeah, and it was... Um, oh, I'm glad. It would be kind of bullying if someone else did. <laughs> but, my, my, I mean, my dad was in, in, in with this because he would just mm. do stupid... I mean, I mean, my dad, oh, bless him. Like, you know, he's the guy who turns up at one airport with his father father's passport. You know, that's that's the guy. Mm. And then... And then um, and then tries to uh, pick up his own passport and then runs out of petrol whilst doing so. So, you know... Oh! Oh! Is that another minor bird? Oh, my God. We'll pause it there. So, um, so one of the things we were talking about um, when we were discussing um, these kind of things uh, before the podcast was... Um, the categories of embarrassment. Of yeah. which there are many. Of which there are many. And one of, one of the kind of main things that we came, like, there was commonality in was 
the old wardrobe malfunction. Oh gosh, yes. There's been I've had many wardrobe malfunction anyway. So I started out I started quite early on with wardrobe malfunctions. I remember once being at um when I was in secondary school when I was about thirteen, we had like a school disco at the mm. end of term for Christmas. And at the time it was fashionable to wear long denim skirts that had buttons all up the front. Do you oh, remember yeah. those skirts? I remember, yeah. So I was wearing one of those skirts and then I had red boots, kind of like Ooh. like Doc Martin yeah. style boots, but not quite Doc Martin, like but red. And then I had like a red top. So I, I thought I looked, you know, nice. I thought that was a nice outfit. And then I was neat like they didn't have seats because we were having the school disco in our school hall, so it didn't have you know, it wasn't like a venue. It didn't have seating or anything. So we had to sit on the floor when we weren't dancing because there was nowhere to sit. So I was sitting on the floor and my skirt was sort of tucked under my legs and under my knees. Right. And then one of my friends was pulling me up to dance, but I didn't want to dance because I didn't like that particular song yeah. and I was chatting to another friend. So my friend was, just, you know, just jokingly yeah. pulling me up to dance. But as she was pulling me, you see all the buttons, the strain oh, no. was being put on the skirt because of the way I had tucked the they skirt They were like poppers or something. Exactly. They, they were normal buttons, but because of the way I had tucked the skirt under oh. my legs and the way she was pulling me up, every single button popped <gasps> out of the skirt, went all over the dance floor. Down. So the skirt was right up to the top. Now, luckily, my top was a sort of... Because it was the daytime and it was winter, like it was, I was wearing warm clothing. So luckily, I had black tights under the mm. skirt and I had a long enough, a fairly long okay. top. So I had to pull down the top as much as possible so that nobody could see my underwear through the tights. Then I had to go out onto the dance floor and I was 13 so in first year, which is the like youngest class in secondary mm. school. And I had to crawl on the dance floor amongst 16 and 17 was like, I'm really sorry. I'm just trying to collect the buttons from my skirt. You know, would you mind if you see a button, could you give it to me please? Uh. So I'm crawling around the dance floor collecting these buttons. Then of course I, I couldn't find most of them. And then I had to spend the rest. Just, I would have just run out and just be I like, should've. there's buttons everywhere, like, just chill. No one can find you. No, like, I know. But then, then the worst thing was, I then had to get go and get, I had to leave. Um, so when the school disco was over, like, it was over at, like, three o'clock in the afternoon. I had to walk home, and it was still bright, even though it was winter. So I had to walk past another secondary school, not the one I attended, in order to get to my house. And I was just really worried, thinking I cannot walk past another secondary school with a skirt, like, completely exposed, with, like, all these buttons gone from my skirt. So I had to put on the most disgusting raincoat ever, which I borrowed from one of mm. my friends. It wasn't raining that day. Zip it up, sort of, like, cover myself with it and try and sneak past the other school. But that was a particularly embarrassing wardrobe function. Oh. Do mm. you know, I think it's, I genuinely think it's worse when you're a teenager because Definitely. it's like in your head, this doesn't happen. Like, like I, I mean, I, I've always fallen over and, and things like that. And, and now I just style it out. I mean, <laughs> I was at my, my current job in the office and uh, I walked up a, a step and just kind of missed the step and just went smack on my face. <laughs> But then you, know, you just get up and be like, ah, it happens all the time. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like, as, as an adult, adult yeah. as an adult, you're just like, ah, oh, chill, that's fine, don't worry about it. But yeah, like, e- equally, so when, when I was, um, I think I must have been like 14 or 15, um, so not far off the same, mm. the same age that you were talking about. And um, I had a 15 minute walk from um, 
my house mm-hmm. uh, to um, Wallstone where I'll get the bus into town and then get a train to school. And anyway, um, it was quite a busy area where I was. And um, in this particular walk, the traffic was building up. And in the area that I grew up with, there was just this thing with um, men in white vans. Oh, like, do you know what I mean? Yes. You, yeah, okay. So men in white vans would just, like, shout at you or, like, shout at anything about a certain thing. And, you know, I, I think, like, I do not blame men in white vans at all because when me, myself, have been in a white van, I've been like, Oi! I'm in a white <laughs> I don't know what it is. It's just, like... It's the magic of the white van, right? So anyway, so I'm walking along. I've my, never been in a white van. Do you think oh, I'd be a cat caller if I was oh, in yeah, a white you van? Would. Yeah, you would. It's time, yeah. How do you know what to shout though? I feel like I need to write it down. So you, you, you put like a, a, a newspaper at the, the front of it and that gives you right. the inspiration so you start to get into the mode, right? right? So do you shout oh, at like yeah. attractive men then? Yeah, like something like that, or like, oh, I always have a lawyer. Oh my god, this is just showing my. I'm being a Londoner. I don't I'm know. I'm gonna do that. Yeah. Okay, it's been a while. It's been a while. I have decorum nowadays. Mm. Or maybe I don't. Yeah. <laughs> we'll get you in a white van soon. <laughs> so, anyway, so I'm walking down the street, my usual 15 minute walk. And, and by this time, you know, being, being the age of about 15, like, like you know. I know about, you know, men, I, not 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 about men, but, like, you know, I'm a certain age where, like, men have started looking. When you're 15, looking. you think you know everything about everything. Yeah, let's be honest, yeah. So I know that, you know, men look at me mm. or whatever. Anyway, so there was this queue of traffic parking up, and I'm walking along, and these guys in a white van um, pull down the window, and go, and I was like, yeah. You're very good at the noise. Oh, thank you. <laughs> and, and I'm like, oh, it's a good day for Nicole today, right? Just in my head. So I'm like, you know, got a little wiggle You're on. You're internalising misogyny. Yeah. really coming out well, there. Got a wiggle on, like, oh, oh, looking good today, Nicole. I must have done, like, my hair good. Yeah, I'm used to this, whatever. And then and then the same guy who was in the white van, because obviously it's the traffic jam, so they're not moving anywhere, <laughs> was like, love. You got your skirt tucked into your knickers. Oh! Oh, I was dying. I was dying. I was like, oh, no. So, you know, from on high, to be like, looking fly today. From the most attractive woman in London (laughs) to the woman who's got her skirt in her knickers. And I don't know, like, I just wanted to, like... I just, I just wanted to hide and just get away. And the whole day, I was just so embarrassed myself. I think, like... Any kind of arrogance I had at that moment just disappeared. And it was your confidence just, is very oh. fragile at that age. So, yeah. yeah. Oh, God. Oh, I had a similar experience where I lived in San Francisco for the summer. And while I was there, I it was in the early, no, do you call them noughties, noughties, whatever, like, two, you know, the early 2000s. Yeah. And juicy tube lip glosses were really, really popular at the time, those Lancome juicy tubes. Mm. So I had probably half a tube of Juicy Tube on my lips. <laughs> Surprise! And then on I was wearing um, like a skirt and a top because it was in the summer weather. Mm. So I was wearing a light cotton summer skirt, and I was walking along the street. And they have trams, as you know, in San Francisco. So a whole tramload of people went past me. And the streets in San Francisco are quite narrow, and because of the hills, you get these sudden gusts of wind. So there was a very sudden gust of wind, uh, so my skirt blew up. 
Well, because of the juicy tubes I had on my lips and the amount I had on it, I couldn't take it down because the camera was stuck to my mouth. So all the people of the tram are in hysterics. Some men are actually laughing and making, like, whistling noises. And my skirt is stuck to my mouth onto the juicy tube. Then when I do manage to finally extricate my skirt from my lips, there's a big, like, lipstick kiss on my skirt. Very unfortunate looking because it was like a light cut you know a light colored <gasps> skirt no! and then I have this big lipstick mark on my skirt it was so embarrassing oh my god and lip gloss is the worst oh. thing it's like the way that hair just yes. gets stuck to but the like, your skirt but, oh my god and so hair's a funny thing actually um so when I was when I was younger I used to play a lot of netball and so like I had really long hair so I'd run along with my long hair and this one time my hair actually just kind of got caught in my armpit oh my as goodness. I was running right so I like I knocked my own head back you know when it got caught and I just went, gosh so athletic <laughs> I think I think in general, like it's just child. Like being a child <laughs> is just <laughs> absolutely excruciatingly embarrassing. Oh, I was about twenty-one in San Francisco. Oh, <laughs> I'm sorry, so I thought you were. So, so when I when I was a kid, um, I, uh, I I moved town. So I was living in Harrow, and then when I was about I don't know fifteen and a half or something, I moved to. Um, to Hertfordshire and um, anyway I was trying to explore the area and I put on my rollerblades I mean being 15 like, I hadn't worn rollerblades for a while because that's probably like for a slightly young, younger mm. but anyway so I'm going exploring my, my rollerblades um, because my friend ha- has my bicycle I says oh let's go down here let's go down here having no idea where this place goes anyway this path turns into a road and the path is going downhill and then the road is going even more downhill. So there was this point on the rollerblades where I was kind of at the point of no return. Like, I just couldn't stop, mm. you know. Now, if I was an adult, I'd probably look, look this up first before I go rollerblading down a massive well, hill. Well, as an adult, you would have Googled. You wouldn't yeah, have had I know. Google then, probably. Well, exactly, that's, that's true. So, so I'm, like, steaming down, like, fast Ooh. as I can down this hill, and I'm thinking, how am I going to stop? So I see next to me there was coming to be a fence and mm. also a patch of grass and a nice bit of, uh, mm. like, some bushes. Yeah. So I think, perfect, right? I'm just going to grab on and just, like, just tumble straight into these bushes. It's fine. So I, I, I grab the fence, lifted my legs up, and I just fell down completely, but I was fine. But anyway, I looked through the fence, and at that same time, there were about 50 people there for a family barbecue, and I was just like dying again. I wouldn't mind if it was now, but when it was then, I was just like, oh. But there is child. also that immediate reaction when you fall that you're like, okay, I've broken both my legs. I'm in incredible pain, but I'm just going to get up and walk it off. People are looking at me. Yeah, exactly. I think now, as an adult, I I do like the little dance, like I fall over, mm. and then I get up and I make a joke like, how silly am I? sweep myself off and then do a little dance on the way yeah, out yeah I know what like... you mean yeah. <laughs> no I do see what you mean yeah I might as well get a bit of kudos for it because I think as well I always have that dilemma where even in the situation when I was a teenager and all the buttons fell out of my skirt mm. it's like oh I don't like the embarrassment but I like the attention so it's that sort of not, not you know as in like people are like oh are you okay and oh I see mm. like you have to 
find the tension, but I'm not liking the embarrassment. Yeah, yeah, no, that's true. But yeah, f- falling over is kind of those, those one of those things. Um, I think I think one of my my worst falling over. So I used to fall over quite a lot, um, and I don't know if if other women get this, but um, when I used to be about a week before my period, I'd be really clumsy. So just like walk into things and p- things drop down, and I just get bruises all over oh gosh, myself yeah. because I've just I just can't measure distance or something like this. And it used to be a lot worse when I was younger. And um, anyway, so obviously I'm trying to be really cool when I was in my teenage years, and mm. I was trying to woo this um, this man. Okay, let's call him a boy because I was a girl at the time. So I'm anyway, glad you clar- clarified, clarified that. I felt it. quite yeah, 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 exactly. So you know, the, the kind of thing you would do is, you know, when I was that age and I was living in uh, out of London, is we'd go to a shopping centre because I mean, did you do that as a rural young girl? We're in our shopping centre. Oh yeah, I was going to say, what do you even do? Are there even cinemas? You could go to the cinema. Oh, okay. Well, even, you but that. you'd go to any film, like even if it was something you'd know interest in, you'd go just to see who'd be there. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, amazing. Like, I went to see Titanic ten times. Wow. Mm. Are you serious? Yeah, because it was the only film playing. They kept it in the cinema, so I just went every Friday. Oh, God. Poor. Poor. (laughs) (laughs) Well, um, so anyway, I was in the shopping centre trying to uh, woo this guy, and it was a little bit icy outside, and you can see where this is going. So in um, in Watford, um, there's a shopping centre called the Harlequin, and at one side of the Harlequin, there's uh, what would I, I would describe as kind of like an atrium. Oh, fancy! So you've got like two levels, and it's outside, and so you've got the middle bit that is open, and then right. you've got like um, uh, walkways around the outside. I know what you mean. They often, yeah. I know the type. Yeah, often a feature in shopping centres. Yeah, mm. and so you have a set of stairs that go from the upper levels to the. And are they normal levels. stairs or escalators? So they've got both, mm. right? But this time, decided to go down the normal stairs, mm. of which Athletic was again, of which was frosty. I suppose as a netball player, though, you are sporty. Well, obviously. <laughs> So I bound down these stairs only for three steps in to fall over on my bum. Oh, and no. like and like you know you think like you think, oh, I've fallen over, I'm just gonna knock down like two or three stairs, like mm-mm-mm-mm. Like in a cartoon. Yeah, but but this kind of carried on, and because oh, it was the so icy, it, it wasn't like it wasn't like nick 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 nick. It was like nick 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 nick, and it just carried on forever. And I was just dying, and I just wanted the land to. Everyone was laughing, and I was just oh. And was the boy that you were pursuing there? Yeah. Was he oh, laughing? Yeah, it was laughing a lot. See, if it was a romantic film now, he would have, like, went and held you off the stairs, swept you off oh, your feet. But no, it's reality, so of course he was just laughing. So you don't fall that much, do you? You were saying... I don't actually fall much. I mean, I have fallen into my handbag a few times. That's the thing I do a lot. Or I fall into my suitcase sometimes when I get very agitated. Packing, I've been known to fall headfirst into my own suitcase. <laughs> me a few times usually on my own so it's okay so I just kind of take myself I get very agitated with the packing so 10 minutes to go gosh better do everything then I trip I'm in the suitcase and I'll just get out Ah. Um, but I did have a situation where a friend of the podcast who will remain nameless one of only two people I know who now lives in the Falklands um, was at a party in my house and he went into my bedroom 
And I went in to tell him that people were not allowed into my bedroom because my bed, I was just like, no, no, everyone's to stay out in the sitting room. Uh, they go, that makes me sound like I run parties like such a dictator. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Get out! And I was like, come on, like, come back out and join the party. And he fell over and he decided that the best thing to do when he was falling over was to push me to the ground because I don't fall over that easily really and I was wearing very high heels so he pushed me to the ground so I fell over so then my friend decided that the best thing to do instead of helping me up like a normal person would be to grab me by the ankles drag me out into the sitting room but I was wearing an extremely short skirt so I was dragged by the ankles into the sitting room and then dragged around the sitting room of my flat with my underwear on full display no. while everybody else laughed at me. Mortifying. Oh my God. It was mortifying. I was about 32 when this happened. Oh my God. It was really, really embarrassing. And there were still lots of people at the party and I didn't even know all of them like that. You know, it wasn't like, oh, it's just a few close friends left. There were acquaintances. Gosh. And and that is one thing that happens to a lot of people. I mean, I'm really lucky, apart from the whole skirt tucked into the knickers thing. I really haven't had that. You know when you, you've been caught either in your underwear or, like, maybe, you know, a certain bosom has dropped out or, like, uh, the old um, bum is showing or something mm. like that, and it's just completely hideous? I do have a tendency to... Buttons tend to open on me. Oh, so yeah, I'll be, yeah. I don't really wear shirts because they tend to pop open. Yeah. And then I walked around the law library in Dublin one day for two hours with my blouse completely open. I didn't realise. Oh, yeah. And I thought people were really friendly. I was like, God, people are just really lovely today. I'm having a great day. I was like, that like, man in the library oh. was so friendly to me, so helpful in helping me to find that book. And then I looked down and I was like, oh. And I did think a lot of people were smirking at me, but I was like, don't be paranoid, you know. Like, don't be paranoid. Yeah. The world is not out to get you. Yeah, people were laughing at there, me. There was this classic teacher thing where um, where people would get their, like, their cardigans, like one button wrong, but they were just mm. so tired that they would just come into work <laughs> with the button wrong. Or then the classic, like, two black shoes, but they're different black shoes. Oh, right. But I think that's tiredness. I'm careful with shoes. Yeah. They are my life. So I used to work at um, a restaurant when I was um, in my kind of later teens, I guess my early adult life. Mm -hmm. And um, so this is in uh, Stevenage in in Hertfordshire. And these, um, these people that I worked with were serious jokers so it was just so much fun so the kind of thing they would do is um you know on the machine where you would type what kind of food you wanted and stuff there yeah. was like extra notes that you could type so you know uh, one of them would type something funny and then bring it over whilst i'm talking to a customer and i'd pick up the note and read it and just like you know try not to mm, die with laughter yeah. so it was pure pranks um sometimes they would um take people's car keys from their pockets Gosh. And then and then move the car somewhere else in the car park. So, so they were going and looking for the car, like, oh, where the hell is my car? So and they and they done it with me as well. They um they were waiting for me to leave, and I was just taking ages because I love the chat, as you know. Um, you know, and what they had done is they'd taken my scooter and just put it in the bins, and so oh I ran gosh. back in. And I was like, where's my scooter? Where's my scooter? But um. I think one of the most embarrassing things that I had there was it was a little bit frosty and I, I you were was, very bad in frost, aren't you? I know, it's just like 
it's well you moved away. It's <laughs> true. So I was driving my scooter to um, to work. So my my evening shift and. Um, as I came in, I, I saw these two guys. And you know you just immediately get nervous, right, when you see, like, your colleagues and you know they're the most mischievous oh, yes, yeah. of the lot and you're thinking, oh, my God, right? And I just... Oh, I don't even know what they were doing there. But anyway, so I'm getting really nervous. And as I turn into where my um, my bike goes, I have to mm. go up the curb. And it takes a little bit of skill to do that. Mm. So this time, because I'm nervous, I've seen the guys, and I'm thinking, I'm going to mess up. It's a bit frosty. Mm. So I go up the curb, except for it doesn't quite work out that way. And the scooter just slides on its side. And I go on... And I and I go on my bum, and I'm and I'm, and I'm just so embarrassed. But what was even worse is I, I cannot tell you why this happened. But one of them, Junior, happened to have a megaphone, and so all the things he put the megaphone to his mouth and was like, ha ha ha! Oh my goodness! What is happening to me? It's just absolutely. Why did he have a megaphone? I don't know. This is just the hilarity of these guys. I just can't explain. It was like pure joke. Oh, it's so embarrassing. But like, yeah, so many of my embarrassing stories are kind of when I'm, I'm younger and mm. stuff. I mean, you touched on being like in your 30s, being in St. Helena and having embarrassing um, stories. Mm. I mean, have it, what, what else from St. Helena? Or have you been like pretty, you know, pretty controlled? Oh, no, no, the embarrassing instances have continued. It's, it's a lifelong affliction. <laughs> so I think one of the incidents, it's sort of linked to wardrobe malfunction, but it's not a wardrobe malfunction, where this is a few years ago, so just three or four years ago, so I was 30, 33. And I went to a party here. It was a pirate party in Signal House, but this is years ago. And I was in, like, a, a you know, obviously a costume. So me and another one of my friends, we had got really... We thought that people would wear... You know the way women on pirate ships are kind of wearing those kind of bustiers at the kind of yeah. corset tops? You know, that's quite yeah. a look. So I had, like, this little leather, this little leather skirt, one of these kind of corset style tops, as did one of my friends. Everybody else at the party had decided that a pirate look for them was like just a stripy t-shirt and jeans. So, but we didn't have proper like corsets here. Because you know, obviously you can't really buy clothes in St. Jean at the drop of a hat. You yeah. Need, you need advance warning. So I had made my own. So I had this kind of like um, top that I'd had. And then I sewed, well, I didn't sew because I can't sew. I safety pinned, no, oh, okay. I safety pinned um, a bra onto this other kind of bit of a top and I, I cut sleeves off a blouse yeah. safety pinned the sleeves onto but it was essentially lingerie is, is what oh, it was. Okay. so I safety pinned sleeves onto lingerie put on a skirt put on like big hoop earrings got like kind of a sword mm. like heels so, but it was obviously a costume yeah. so it was fine so first of all it was embarrassing that apart from one of my friends who will remain nameless but who does still live on St. Helena um, one of my friends had similarly to me gone for that look yeah. everyone else was in the sort of stripy t-shirts and jeans so we looked out of place even at the party but then we thought the party was kind of winding up quite early oh we'll go to Donny's so it was only when the I was local the local nightclub so it was only when I was at the bar having ordered I ordered, went up to the bar ordered a drink and it was only when I got the drink that I sort of looked down at my outfit looked at my friend's outfit looked around and it suddenly occurred to me 
the rest of the people will not know we've been at a pirate no. party. So people are going to think that I thought this Saturday night, you know what I'll do? I'll wear lingerie and a leather mini skirt to Donnie's. That's the look I'm going for these days. And that my friend thought the same. So I said to my friend, I was like, you know, I was like, everyone's actually looking at us because if we'd arrived at a crowd of people in costume, it would be obvious yes. we'd been at a costume party. But I was like, it is just the two of us in these ridiculous clothes. So people will actually think, we do think it's appropriate to just wear lingerie to a club. I was so embarrassed. Oh my God. I mean, I still stayed, obviously, but I was embarrassed. (laughs) That totally explains why at one of, well, the the St. Patrick Day party last year, or it was Easter party or whatever last year, Mm. where we dressed up. Oh, my hair was just costume. Yeah, 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 where you were like, we must go in as a group. Yes, we must. (laughs) That's really (laughs) why. Because I didn't want people to be like, oh, now she's dressed as an aerostat. Oh my gosh! They say Donnie's is funny. I have actually fallen over in Donnie's oh. now. I do. Oh, I do that. remember that. Other people told me that I wasn't oh, even there. That's so, <laughs> that's so embarrassing. It's like it happens. I get really into my dancing. That's my mm. problem. You know, I get just like I just like to bust a move, and then I just went a bit over the top. I'm not 18 anymore. Enthusiastic <laughs> netballer, enthusiastic yeah. dancer. Of course, of course, the story I know very well, which is hilarious, was um, about one time you were in your office alone. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, I, um, this is brilliant. It's embarrassing. Go on, tell the listeners. So probably one of the most embarrassing events, not only on, I would say, of my life, <laughs> is shortly after I moved to St. Helena, I, had, I worked in an office in the castle and I was working late. So I, was, I think I was the only person there. It was was quite late. And I heard what I thought was gunfire. And I thought, oh my, my goodness. And then I thought, well, like St. Helena is very safe. This can't be gunfire. It has to be a child. You know, those fire, you know, those fire poppers that children sometimes mm. have or something. So I ignored it for about 20 minutes. And I thought, this has to be fireworks or some, you know, logical mm. explanation. But then I felt it was getting louder and more intense. And I just thought, no, it is gunfire. And then I thought, well, like, even though it's a safe place, I suppose anywhere in the world, like, somebody could get a gun and just, you know, it it could, in theory, happen that somebody would just, you know, get a gun and start shooting. So I just thought, no. So then I thought, and I felt it was getting closer, like, I thought the the sound was getting closer. So I was like, I really, so after, as I said, about 20 minutes of trying to convince myself otherwise, I was like, no, it is gunfire, like, no doubt about it. So I decided, I was like, it's okay, I'm in a castle. It's a fortress. It was meant to withstand warfare. <laughs> so I ran down the stairs to the door and closed the main. And then I went back up to my office, which entailed me going up a flight of stairs. But when I got to the landing, I realised I'd have to walk along a landing which had windows. So I thought, well, I don't want a stray bullet hitting me. So I dropped down to the floor. Oh, down. I crawled along the floor on the landing crawled into my office, went under the table, got the phone, took the phone under, well, like, left the phone on the desk, but, you know, took the handset under the yeah. table. And I thought, I was like, I'll have to ring the police. So I rang the police and I said, um, this is on your Hurley, I'm in the castle. Um, I might be wrong, but I think there's, like, the sound of gunfire. So then I was like, now, I've barricaded myself in. I don't want anybody else to be hurt. You'll have to tell the police who come here that they'll need to have bulletproof vests and stuff because there is somebody with a gun. I don't want anyone else to be injured. And then the police receptionist said, it's Tuesday. And I was like, 
well, I know, but I don't, what do you, I was like, I don't, what do you mean I don't understand? He said, um, the rifle club actually shoot on Tuesday, so the sound of guns you're hearing is just the rifle club practice shooting in the moat. You're not under siege. And I was like, oh, oh, right. Well, well, thank you very much. (laughs) So I must say, to her credit, the person who answered the phone was like very professional they very confidential. They never told this. Like they never. That person <laughs> never told this story to anybody. I told people myself. And now it's all This person never divulged. I did tell people. But then I was on the ship, and apparently this is the OMS. It was all over the OMS. People thought it was hilarious. And um, on one occasion, the captain actually invited me to sit in his table because he wanted to meet the woman who thought the castle was under gunfire and just hear her ridiculous story. So I was so embarrassed. It's, but I would kind of be the same. I know exactly what you're saying about like crawling on. When it, so um, then in in London there's a there's a certain code that they use um, which is like Mr. Sam's. So is mi- that like Ask Angie? What's Ask Angie? Oh, Ask Angie is if some guy's like annoying you in a bar, you can go to the oh, bar and right. be like, oh, I want to ask for Angie. So, so Mr. Sam's um, is if there's a terrorist incident or if there's a fire. Well, you're telling the terrorists now they're going to know. Yeah, well, um, but most of the public doesn't. Oh. Don't. So that's the point, right? So um, you don't want to threaten the public. So you want to inform the staff that there's an incident, but without, like, telling the public, right? We'll have to edit this out, because you're telling the no, public. No, no, it's, it's a known thing, right? Oh, okay, it's a known okay. thing, right? This so, is in London now. Yeah, this yeah is, right. and, and probably elsewhere, I'm not sure. So anyway, they say... Oh, and I read, I read it once in this, this book about London, oh, right? okay, which is why I know. You. So... It is out there one, one yeah. way or another in the public. So, you know, if you ever hear, Mr. Sands, can you come to the manager's office or whatever, <gasps> that basically means, like, there's something afoot, la, la, la. Oh. Now, the thing is, like, I knew this. But they obviously, probably changed it after the book, I'm just saying. Yeah, maybe. Um, so I, I was in Houston, and um, I heard this, Mr. Sands, <gasps> and I was in M- uh, Marks and Spencer's, and I just went, right, suck this off, I'm out. So I just left and just, like, waited for my train for half an hour outside of Euston Station before I, like, ran in. Anyway, so I was just really worried afterwards um, about, about this, whether anything had happened. But it was, it was like they were just doing, um, what do you call it? You know, when they were doing a trial Training or a test. Yeah, they were doing a trial. Oh, God. But anyway, it got me worried. But, yeah, like, sometimes I get completely worried about um, my own safety and, like, I go over the top. Like, not all the time. I'm usually quite mm. chilled out. But the, yeah. I feel though I'm quite heartened to know that because I really did think it at the time. Like I did the right thing in an emergency. Yes. So I'm terrible at daily life. I'm quite good in an emergency. Exactly, exactly. But I mean, it kind of went wrong for me because I, I had um, when I was living in in um, in London. I was living in yeah, not so not so bad a place, um, Denmark Hill in South London, and. Um, I, I would have this kind of um, rape alarm with me because, you know, sometimes people, you know, people yeah. did get, like, their, yeah. their um, wallet stolen or whatever it is. So so I had this, like, loud alarm that right. if you pulled, it just made a big noise. Yeah. Um, you know, informally known as a rape, rape alarm, but not for rape necessarily. But anyway, so um, I totally forgot that I kind of had this on my keychain and basically took it to Australia. And um, so we're in uh, this airport in the Northern Territories where, like, it's just safe as houses over there. And um, and I was walking around the airport and I was having a look at the book section and I ended up dropping my bag and 
as I dropped my bag, somehow I was put it back together. I, I pulled the, the stick out of the alarm. Oh, no. And so this, like, huge wow, wow, noise happened. And I was just like, right, casually put it in, casually put it back. So I put it back together and the alarm stopped. And I carried on walking, like, oh, my God. And so about 10 seconds later, the security caught up with me. And they were like, miss, uh, we'd better take you through security. So... At the time, like, so I think he was my fiancé at the time, my boyfriend at the time, now my husband. Oh, sorry, I thought this was a different... No, I no, just that we were So you were you were a different fiancé. Oh, I didn't know we were engaged before. Yeah. So, so Reese, he was with me, but he was around, like, really dipping his nose into a book, and so he just didn't <laughs> see this happening, right? So I get taken off by security. I go right through the, um, the security thing again, and they take this vapor alarm off me, and I get released back into the area, and I go back up to Reese, and he just hasn't even noticed that I've gone. Like, he's just not even... And then so we casually sit around, and I just feel like everyone's watching me now. Everyone's they watching what I do. Yeah, yeah. I mean, what are they going to do in the Northern Territories and the airport? So they follow me around. And then we sit down for food, and eventually I'm like, so, um, so my rope alarm went off, <laughs> and this thing happened. Oh my god, it was so embarrassing. You don't mess with airports. No, that, that is very embarrassing. That is very bad. I've just, yeah, I don't think I've had any alarms or anything like that. Although, once, which is quite embarrassing at an airport, I was in Russia, and you know how people have sort of preconceived ideas about Russia and everything. Mm. So they were quite bureaucratic and some of, like, getting the visa before you went and everything was very difficult. So I, that sort of puts you on high alert then, that they might ask you a lot of questions. You, you, yeah. know, you feel a little bit under pressure. So I was at the airport as, when we were leaving and this man started saying, like, they do ask you a lot more questions, I think, than they do in other parts of the world. So a few officials we passed had asked lots of questions. Then we got to this one man, and he started asking me lots of questions. So I just thought, this is, mm. like, these are official questions I need to answer. So he was like, so um, what is your marital status? And I was like, oh, single. And then he was like, um, he asked me loads of other questions. And then he was like, oh, so what's your phone number? And I was like, well, like, I don't really have a Russian phone number. Oh, my goodness. Will you take an Irish phone number? And then my friend Lena was there, who's, who's a Russian. And I was like, Lena, you're going to have to translate this. And he was like, no, I just want your phone number. And then she's like, only this man is asking you for your phone number. And I was like, yeah, I know, for official purposes. We need to give him the correct one. I want the code to be right, because it might be rejected. And she was like, no, no, he's actually just asking you for your phone number. And I was like, oh, I'm sorry. I thought it was official business. No, I don't want to give you my phone number. Oh my goodness. I mean, that's really the place to hang out if you're single. Just stand like a <laughs> job of the airport. I know. All the people coming through. I know. Uh. But I felt such a fool. Because, like, I mean, then in hindsight, I was like, actually, those questions he was asking me, they're not official questions. Yeah, yeah. That's true. That's true. So, Nicole, you mentioned about falling over and how that seemed to happen to you quite a lot when you were younger. But did, do you ever, like, do you have any embarrassing incidents involving sort of, like, losing control of other bodily functions or just, you know, that sort of thing? So, so of course, yeah, like, burping and farting is, like, a seriously embarrassing thing for many people. I used to be quite a big burper, actually. I used to, I mean, so I went to a, a girls' secondary school, so... 
like burping was kind of fun and it was just absolutely grotesque um but i don't think i can do it anymore as Please an adult don't. because i've become a very polite adult um but i was never really a farter but it's just so funny how it can just like lift the spirits is that the right way to say it i don't know <laughs> i was in an office once um and um my boss ellie was just i don't know she's just kind of hilarious she's just really light-hearted let's just say it wasn't her that farted by the way but anyway so we're sitting just like tapping away like really getting into work or whatever and all of a sudden we just heard but we have no idea where it came from right but we just immediately looked up at each other yeah. and the fact like i could see the shock in her face and she could see the shock in my face and it was just hilarious but were there other people there yeah oh, okay it's one of those yeah. open oh, okay, plan offices okay, yeah. right yeah but we didn't know who it was. But just, like, the fact that this, like, hilarious thing broke, <laughs> broke the concentration of all of us. The problem is, now I've seen her face, right, and she looked really concerned and surprised, and she's seen my face. I'm now laughing at her, and she's now laughing at oh. me. But then, but then we're trying to keep the laughter silent, because you don't really want to make the person feel more embarrassed whoever yeah. that person was, right? So then I just, like, I just, I don't know, I start picking up something from my bag, just so I could just put my head underneath <laughs> yes. the desk. So my head is, like, underneath the desk. And I'm like just rolling in laughter. You know, you're just like dying. You're rolling in laughter, right? Nicole's so, acting this out. <laughs> so much. It's not even that funny, but I'm just like laughing. But the problem is, I can't lift my head now and see Ellie. Like, I just can't do it because then she'll just start. So, anyway, about like three minutes, I thought that's probably enough. Like, mm. I couldn't control myself. I can control it. So, I slowly lift my head and I slowly look at Ellie and she just starts laughing. <laughs> And so I went back under the desk again. I just can't do it. So then There's I just... nothing more than hysterical <laughs> laughter, though, when you know you can laugh, but you want to. This like, oh, it's awful. Exactly. And it's just, like, completely vibrating through my soul. Like, my whole thing is vibrating. I was just, like, laughing so much. So I had to, like, get up and walk to the toilet. So I'm in the toilet going, <laughs> just to get it out of my entire mm. system. And then I come back and it's just like, oh, it was awful. I feel, I'm sorry, whoever that was, but it just set us off. It just, I couldn't help oh, it. That is funny, though. And that that sort of uncontrollable laughter when you know you can't laugh, like... Mm. Oh, my goodness. Oh, it's just, I don't know, it may... I, I wonder what people who work at, like, you know, in hospitals and care homes, like, because, mm. you know, people are just like them... You know, they're, they're, they're kind of living there, obviously, having to be at the hospital. And then so they hear all you know all sorts of noises come out of them and then you know nurses and doctors I, I bet they don't laugh about this anymore but obviously I just find it extremely humorous wow yes then. right I think we're almost ready for the countdown oh yes how do you count on your favourite mm. can you even have a favourite embarrassing moment well you can I suppose but yeah you know for me yes mm. right we will deliberate mm. So we've come to our five favourite embarrassing things and at number five we have false alarms. At number four we have embarrassing bodily functions. At number three we have falling over. At number two we have all childhood embarrassments. And at number one we have, drumroll please Nicole. 
wardrobe malfunctions. Yes, the timeless worry that you have from age, well, I don't know, zero until death, basically. Yeah. Yes, mm. of which we will have many more from now to uh, infinity, basically. I actually think my top's buttoned wrong now. Yes. So, yeah, I'm currently having a wardrobe malfunction. I think before this podcast, when um, our friend Helena came over with her baby, uh, yeah, I think he was just grabbing my top and it was all over the place. I just don't know how. We're yeah. wardrobe malfunctioning at all times. Exactly. <laughs> Thank you, listeners, for taking your time to listen to another recording. Thank you all very much. 